Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast where we are all about inspiring wellness in the digital age. Let's get going. Welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Sebastian Slovin, and with me is Sonia Mohammed. Hey, everybody. What's happening, Sonia? Oh, you know, just kicking in on a Friday morning. Yeah, we're mixing it up. We're filming this. This is exciting. It is exciting. Hello. <laughs> hello, podcasters, and hello, YouTube world. So, um, we're back with an ep- another episode of the Nature Unplugged podcast. We're going to be talking, this is different, we're going to shift gears a little bit. So... We're going to be talking about our favorite technology. Mm-hmm. A little strange for Nature Unplugged. But a big part of wellness in the digital age, of course, is using technology with intention. And while we talk a lot about the importance of boundaries with our screens and devices, it's also very important to get in touch with what aspects of technology that we love and appreciate. So as a reminder, we're not anti-tech. Okay, we've said this before. We'll say it again. Not anti-tech. In this episode, we're going to be, again, focusing on some of our very very favorite types of technology, apps, devices, and things, and explore a little bit about how technology can actually serve and inspire us in our mission in wellness in the digital age. Yeah, but before we get into it, Nature Unplugged updates, new I updates. Love the updates. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that me? It's you. Yeah, tell us about Nature's Gym. Okay, the most so we have yeah, this challenge. is. We've done something a little bit new. We've done something called the Inu Challenge, which is, Inu, of course, stands for Experience Nature Unplugged. And these are a series of challenges that we plan on doing. We just finished our first one, which was called Nature's Gym. And it went really well, I thought. It was great. I thought so, too. And essentially, the the Nature's Gym is all about, it's kind of self-explanatory, but it's about getting outside. And let's say you work out in a gym or you do stuff inside, it's about doing your gym time or your workouts outside. So whether that's going to the beach and doing a workout, going surfing, going hiking, ocean swimming, pond swimming, whatever it is you do. We just had a week, a full-on week of encouraging folks to get out there and do at least 60 minutes of exercise outdoors, unplugged, every day. Yeah, Yeah. I did a trail run. Trail run, how Mm -hmm. was it? It was good. I started with some stairs, though. Probably not the best way to ease into a trail run, but... It was great, you know, did some running, then did some walking, then did some more running. Nice, yeah. nice. I did a uh, beach workout. It was good. Yeah. The video, if you haven't seen Seb's video, it's like, it's very funny to me because yeah. it's um, in a time lapse. He's doing some good, um, what would you call those? It's like moves, but. Um, yeah, like um, functional fitness, mm-hmm. you know, doing your different, you know, like crawling, uh, you know, bear crawls, crab walks, that kind of stuff particularly outstanding in time-lapse form. Yeah, in time-lapse form. It looks really awesome. So anyway, in case you missed it, there's, you know, you can still do your outdoor workout. You can still do your e-new challenge. That's, you know, getting out there 60 minutes a day for a week, passing on the gym, getting outside. Right. You can do both if you want. You can do gym and outdoor workout if you want to be hardcore. But I wanted to share that we have another e-new challenge coming up next month in July. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be mid-July. We're going to be, it's going to be all about mindfulness. So we're going to put out a series of little mindfulness challenges um, around how to 
build our capacity for attention and focus. Mm -hmm. Of course, a highly important skill in this digital age with all the distractions. Yeah. It's hard to make time for it. So it's helpful, I think, to have these challenges to remind us and encourage us to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the updates. Any other updates? No other updates. Okay. All right. So I think before we get into our favorite, the like core of this episode, which is our favorite technology, mm-hmm. it feels a little strange talking about our favorite technology, but that's okay. Um, before we get into it, I want to talk a little bit about why it's so important to use technology with intention. Yeah. What happens if you don't use technology with intention? Well, I think, you know, it's a great question. I think the main thing is what happens more often than not is, or what kind of happens all the time, is that technology ends up using us rather than us using technology, right? So again, we're not anti-tech, but we do want to be using technology in a way that serves us really well and supports us in what we do. So, right, we've talked about this before, but there's also the attention economy, which is this whole wild world of basically everyone out there in the tech world, the designers, the programmers, doing everything they can to get our attention, whether that's through a game, an app, an ad, um, all sorts of different magical tricks that they have to to get us uh, focus on what they want us to focus on. Yeah, it's a strong pull. So the idea, right, is really where is it, where are we benefiting from using technology? Where um, are the pros? And then where is it getting in the way? Where is it becoming an obstacle or um, something that is causing us not to do the things we actually want to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It is important. And so there there are plenty of pieces of technology, smart technology, apps, websites, et cetera, that help us do the things we want to do. And so that's what we are here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to say it's, um, I guess here's a question, you know, from our perspective, why is it important to get in touch with the technology that we love or that we like? Because deprivation does not work, at least not for me. Some people are really disciplined um, and can cut things out totally, but... Um, we live in a digital world, right? And it's all around us. It's hard to not use it. And there, there are lots of ways in which um, it helps us in our day-to-day lives. And so I think you would actually be doing yourself a disservice if you totally cut it out. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's not, this isn't supposed to be like, you know, we talk a lot about boundaries and stuff with technology, but this isn't, the idea is that this isn't punitive or about deprivation, right? This is about intentionality, focus, you know, and not just getting sucked into the vortex. Right. Exactly. Okay. So let's jump into this. Well, actually, before we jump into it, I want to talk, I want to get, I want to get a sense of what are just, what are some of the things, the aspects of technology doesn't have to be a specific app or anything, but what are some of the things that you really enjoy and appreciate? Hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is access to information, how easy it has become to get the information we're looking for. And I think that can be a double-edged sword. Sometimes it's information overload, but uh, it's incredible what used to be only in books or you would have to have some really special software or programming to get on your computer, like uh, encyclopedias, remember those? Um, Now you can just look it up on the web. And I think that is tremendous also in the world of education. Uh, People can have access to quality education in circumstances they wouldn't have otherwise had before. What about you? 
I think, yeah, the convenience. I think that I think access to information is huge. Um, you know, we'll talk about this more, but I like it's incredible to be for me to be able to look at the the waves, the condition, the mm -hmm. the surf forecast, like a live video from my, uh, you know, the comforts of my home. Right. And not have to go. It used to be that I have to drive around forever to figure out where I'm going to go surf, and now it's like boop boop boop. <laughs> Yeah. Boop, boop, boop on the on, on the device. IPad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I like the convenience. I like the access to information. Right. Can't come at a cost, but I think there um, there's some incredible things going on. Yes. Yeah. It's really cool. Okay. So let's talk about some. I think like in particular, let's talk about some apps and websites that we that we really like. And these are these are apps that have been really useful to us to help us. I think. The main theme here is that they've helped us connect and be more in touch with nature. Yes. And just, I think, overall wellness, right? Improve our overall wellness for various reasons. Yeah. But mostly through connection with nature. Okay. So the first one I want to highlight, we want to highlight, is All Trails. We love All Trails. It's, we've talked about this before, but it's worth bringing up again. All Trails is a, it's a website. It's an app that... Basically, they're expanding, you know, daily, so they're always adding new stuff to the mix. But the but the basic premise is, let's say you're in a new spot, or let's say you're in your, a familiar spot, but you are interested in finding a new hike or place a nature spot to go to. Pull up all trails, and based on your location, it gives you recommendations on all sorts of hikes right around your zone. So it can gives it gives you the specifics on, right, like intensity, easy, moderate, difficult. Uh, length of the hike is it a loop is it an out and back is it dog friendly what are the rules it's the the information the access to information is awesome because before you'd have to well i mean you'd have to go to the spot and read about it or you know or have a book or something like that or books and so this really simplifies things so it's really we've used it a lot locally here in san diego and we know i'm i mean i grew up here so you sort of knew but i'm uh, I consider myself pretty hip to the local wildlife and hiking, and it's really been awesome. It's I've learned about a lot of new spots, and so it's been helpful. I also like the um, GPS tracking feature. Right. Uh, we, we often, when we're going on a hike, especially somewhere new, we'll take a paper map and, and try to navigate with a paper map, but we'll also start all trails so that it's tracking us on the, the, the um, trail we're trying to stay on. But... Uh, most of the time, it goes smoothly. We don't need to look at all trails. We can just look at it at the end to see what our elevation gain was, blah, 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 time spent. Um, but every now and then, we're just like, this doesn't seem quite right. And uh, we're looking on the paper map. We can't figure it out. And then we pull up all trails, and we're like, oh, we like missed the turn about a mile ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's really helpful to have that. I mean, you could probably figure it out eventually, but um, it is a nice, a nice tool to have when you're out there trying to navigate. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. Yeah, that happened to us. We were at, where were we? Like Palomar Mountain State Park. We were like out on the fringes. Yeah, and like, like kind of like, Valley or something like, like that. Like off the paper map. But uh, we had all trails going and it saved the day because we were like going to be in a, you know, another county pretty soon. <laughs> but it was cool, yeah. Yeah. It gets confusing in those meadows, you know? There's right. like, there's no real markers. Everything looks the same. Uh, and I think, right, good point, Sonia. It's really key to know how to use the more, um, what's the word, uh, 
analog analog version of navigation right yes. so map compass that kind of stuff not advocating against like not using that stuff but uh it's totally convenient and helpful when you can when you have service to be able to use an app like all trails right yeah and I think we we are really intentional. If we're using our phone for all trails, it's like that's what we're using it for. It's right. we're not like also, you know, looking at the news and mm-hmm. surfing the the interwebs. <laughs> it's really limited, and we're only referencing it when we need to. So there is this whole world of this is a, kind of probably another episode, but there's this whole world of like tech shaming in nature, right? Oh, Which yeah. I think um, we don't really want to you know be no. a part of that or do that. I think there's. It makes sense to use technology that works and as long as it's not interfering you know with your experience too much i think it's a great tool yeah right? i agree and using it as a tool rather than like a you know something else yeah. a, a need i don't know yeah i need i don't know what i'm yeah. saying um okay <laughs> all trails anything yeah. on all, all trails no i don't know all trails is great check yeah. it out there's a free version there's a pro version if you want to be pro but the free version is really wonderful it's got a lot of uh great stuff on there yes Okay, so the next one, ooh, this is an this is an interesting one. It's called Seek by iNaturalist. Yeah, tell me about this one. I'm not as familiar with this okay, one. Okay, I'm less, uh, this is a new one for me, but it's pretty cool. It's basically an app. I think this is made by National Geographic and okay. some other folks. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite incredible. You, you give it access to your, your camera and all that stuff. And you can, you basically, I can do it. Let me see if I can get it out. You basically scan a natural thing. And like it tells a, you like what a, it is, like, like a, a plant, plant, like a plant okay. or an animal. Ah. Let me see what happens. And is it pretty accurate? It's super accurate, yeah. I've been testing it, and it's been it's been cool. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. Okay. See. Let's just see. <laughs> is it going to know? We'll just say it human. It says human. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Seek. Human. So this is a great seek human, correct answer. <laughs> or is it? The... Uh, it's a great, I think, especially if you're just doing like kind of a walkabout, a local walkabout, you know, I'm thinking like neighborhood walk, you come yeah. across like cool flowers in someone's garden, um, a little tree you don't know, yeah, a little animal, you know, great for, li- probably hard for birds, I think I haven't really right, done that, since. but lizards, insects, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's, so many, do some birds, yeah, yeah. there's so many plants that I walk by that I have no idea what they are. And uh, this would be a good way to learn. Cause yeah. I, I'm always like, I'm gonna look that up when I get home. And then I try to, and I sort of forget what it looks like. And I didn't want to like take a picture and <laughs> blow up my phone with all these pictures of plants. But uh, this is a good option. I like it. It's a good option, Sonia. Okay. I'll it's try a it. good option. Check you it out. Me. I'm new it. to seek. We're new to seek, but it's, it's definitely worth seeking out. <laughs> Okay, so the next one, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. I sort of alluded to this before, but it's called Surfline. This is specific to surfing and for surfers, but this has been one of my favorite pieces of technology. It's an application, also a website, that basically gives you access to videos, live action of the ocean and really in-depth forecasting on what the waves are going to do. So it's really helpful, uh, you know. As I mentioned, when I was growing up, we would, there was forecasting you could look up, but it was pretty, you know, not that accurate. And we'd end up basically driving around for a while, you know, sometimes hours to figure out where we're going to go. But now you can poke around on the app, look at some different cams. 
the so it's really convenient and really mm -hmm. awesome. I really appreciate it. A lot of surfers use it. The downside, of course, is that it's really convenient for everyone. So everyone knows when a particular spot is good. So I think it's mm. right. The the Got the it. downside is it's led to probably more people surfing certain spots when it's when it's on. Good. Got it. Good. Got it. Good, got it. I yeah. think the other downside is um, it's also potentially easy to look at in between meetings or emails. Is that or... hypothetical? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just keeping an eye on it. Just times. checking the surf. <laughs> got five minutes here. Yeah. It is a habit. Yeah. It is cool, though. I mean, sometimes it's even fun for me to look at it. And I'm not, it's not because I want to go surfing that day. It's more just like, wow, look at all those people. Oh, look at those waves. Yeah. I'm also not very good at looking at the waves and knowing if they're big and that's that goes for in person as well um so that's also fun i'm like they look small and so it's like oh that's like six feet like, oh not small so that's surfline it's a yeah. great one mm -hmm. um i'm gonna go over to hip camp hip camp yeah gonna, yeah talk about i hip like camp. hip camp a lot so hip camp is very similar to airbnb or vrbo or you know vac vacation rental sort of platform but it's really based on more naturey camping vibes um so you've got your rvs in the middle of a meadow you've got yurts you've got teepees uh, you've also got just campgrounds they've got information about campgrounds and if it's something that is a public campground it will redirect you to the site in which you would actually reserve it but uh, if you are just looking for more of a camp experience um, but maybe also want something a little extra than a campground this is a really good option um and uh, you know a lot of these are private properties or people who have really cool spaces that they just want to share with the public so uh and and plenty of them are businesses like legitimate businesses as well where they've got multiple sites but it's really cool it's sort of fun just even to look at sometimes when um you're thinking about going somewhere and you don't want to spend money on a hotel um or, and you don't need all the amenities of a hotel you're just like i just know i'm going to be traveling through this area and i want a cool place to stay i would recommend hip camp yeah mm-hmm it doesn't have to be a hotel. There's lots of cool yeah, stuff on there. That's true. Yurts, so forth. Yeah, yeah. yurts are fun. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let's see here. So, let's do one more. Okay. How about discoverthe.forest.org? Yes, I really like Discover, Discover the, the Forest. Yeah. yeah. So this is a website, not an app. Um, I searched for the app just to see if they had one, and I couldn't find it. So no um, app. No app. But that's great. So. This has a lot of pieces to it, this website. It's got a lot of resources and information, uh, research on the benefits of nature, et cetera, some cool videos. Uh, but the feature that I love the most is that you can put in your zip code and it will show you all of the great green spaces near you. Um, and so some of these are county public parks, but some of them are also just like, you know, trails, green spaces that you wouldn't necessarily see an organized <laughs> park around. Um, but it's helpful because I think, uh, you know, in a similar way that all trails works, it's you can live somewhere for a long time and not know about something that's, you know, two miles away just because it's not a path you tend to go down or a road you tend to drive. So uh, it's really helpful in giving people the information they need to access the nature spots that are really close to them. Or if you're just going to a new place, you know, similar again to all trails, maybe not looking for a trail, though, and just a park. Uh, it's a really great resource. Yeah. I think yeah, some, there's some overlap for sure with all trails, but it's more like I'm just looking for a place to hang out in the grass, mm -hmm. play some ball. Picnic. Picnic. You this know. will really give you a good uh, overview of what you have in your little zone. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's lots of more. Lots of more. Lots uh, of more. Lots of more things, but that's kind of an overview of some of our favorite apps. Yeah. Well, like... we'll just mention the ones we didn't talk about. There's Glow, no, no, no. Get Outside San Diego. No, no, no. Nature no, Sounds. No. Those are some of the other ideas, okay. Okay. options. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. We can yeah. go on and on. But we got to move on. We got to keep it going. Yeah. We got to keep it going. There can be more, but I think it was helpful to, I think the premise here is we talk a lot about boundaries, right? But it's mm-hmm. also helpful to acknowledge the, ben- the, the wonderful aspects of tech. Yes. Agreed. Okay. You know what time it is? It's new news, which means Sonny's going to do the jingle <gasps> oh, for no. new news. Yeah. New news. New news. We got some new news. That's great. Yeah. It's probably better with video, actually. For it's those way watching. better with video. <laughs> okay. So new news today. It's exciting. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, is it exciting? It is. Uh, we're going to highlight the sloth. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we just came across this pretty awesome little TED Talk that was all about the sloth's sloth's secret to survival which is of course its incredible amazing slowness (laughs) and so it's really cool we'll we'll share a link to it but it's basically like kind of dis uh going against this this kind of idea that sloths are lazy that they're um you know not doing anything out there but actually it's really their whole obviously with um their slowness is really a something that they've adapted over millions of years. I think they've been around 40 million sloths at you know, one form or another have been around for 40 million years. And over that time, they have adapted perfectly and have this, you know, they're, they're kind of super slow, the world's slowest metabolism and all these things that allows it to, to survive. Yeah. And, and eat very little, little. Right. It needs very little to survive. It's I, One of the things I like the most was that it's got a four-chamber stomach um and that allows it to metabolize things uh slowly but efficiently um but yeah it really doesn't need much and it's um what was the what was lucy saying it's uh going to be a good i can't think of it avoiding extinction it helps it avoid extinction it's gonna outlast us all apparently yeah sloths right um we were talking about how they are avoiding extinction and the their speed is often um, looked at as sort of lame <laughs> but I think it's social commentary on how much we value speed and efficiency and it's helpful to remember that you can slow down and be very efficient too and it's just a different lifestyle a different look a different way to be yeah I think that's an important one that yeah just the our society is basically addicted to speed addicted to um, you know, like grab and go and just like, look at what that's doing to the planet and, mm-hmm. you know, like fast food and people being stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's, we can learn something from the sloth is the, is the short, uh, the end of the, the yeah. long story short. <laughs> I have a story though. I have yeah. a sloth story. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. Okay. So a while back when I was doing my bodyboarding things, I used to travel and, and bodyboard. You may have heard me talk about this as a professional bodyboarder. It's my big claim to fame. I was in Nicaragua with my friend Tyler Weeman, and we were uh, staying in a place, a beautiful place, uh, just kind of overlooking the ocean. And when we got there, the weather, we were kind of in a dodgy part of the year where it was kind of the rainy season. So mm-hmm. it was super stormy. The waves were no good. And this is, I think, the first day we arrived. And I could hear, we're like pretty much in the jungle, and I could hear monkeys in the jungle, like off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And, um, I basically went out on this solo adventure to find monkeys. 
Okay. Sounds smart. Yeah. And I was cruising through the jungle. I was on, uh, I was basically staying on roads and trails and stuff. I wasn't just like cruising through the jungle straight up. But I was out and about in the jungle pouring down rain. I'm just getting soaked. And I turned this corner and probably, I was pretty far away from it, probably like 200 yards away. I see this pretty big thing just coming out of the forest. Mm-hmm. And it's like big. And I'm like, oh dang is that a, i thought it was it was it was totally still and i thought it was maybe a uh what do they have there a leopard a leopard or something and maybe it's not a leopard but like a cheetah no cougar. Th- the same thing like a cougar basically <laughs> our version of a mountain lion a They've wild a, cat a wild a cat wild i thought it was cat. a large cat i think it's a it could be a panther maybe a panther leopard panther i'll look it up anyway i thought it was one of those and i thought i was gonna get munched because it was like basically getting dark <laughs> And that's when they come out. So anyway, I realized that I like stood there and kind of like frozen. I'm like, what is this thing? Am I going to bolt or do I look big? What do I do? And it just didn't move for a long time. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it slowly, very extremely slowly starts to move. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this thing? And it was, it was way bigger than I expected. It was probably like, I don't know. It was a, Like it our was, size? No, it wasn't our size, but it was like, it looked like a big cat. You I know? think slots can They can be good. big. Yeah. So anyway, I realized it's a sloth mm-hmm. as it's making its way across the road. And this is probably a 20-foot wide road mm-hmm. in the rain. And I just walk up to it. I didn't get really, really close. But I just, and I ended up, it was the most amazing thing. I'd never seen a sloth. I was totally, I mean, outside of the zoo. I was completely blown away. And I ended up just, it took so long. I, I think I was, I ended up sitting on the road mm-hmm. just watching it go across. That's cool. And it was like a 20-minute experience. Yeah. And it was nuts. The thing, it looked like an alien. <laughs> they do look very strange. I was freaked out, and it was just like, you know, crawling around. <laughs> is it and making then, that noise? Yeah, that's kind of like the noise you'd associate with that kind of weird movement. Mm. And it made its way, and I watched it go into the trees on the other side and, and end up crawling up a tree. And it was like, yeah, probably in the end, it was probably 30 minutes of sloth watching. No one else around in the pouring rain in the jungle of Nicaragua. It's pretty special, though. It was special. Yeah. Since then, I've always had this bond with the sloth. Mm. So yeah. that's why. The new news. That could have been the spotlight. Could have been the spotlight too, but we've got a different. Oh one my gosh, we got a different spotlight. Let's. Okay, so that's it. We'll send it. We'll we'll share a link to the sloth story, not the story, but the uh, the TED, TED talk. talk. It's cool. Okay, so we got this is another segment. The new spotlight. Do we have a jingle for that? No, or maybe you do. New spotlight. <laughs> Love it. Is that great? Yep. Great, so great may not be how I describe that, but here's the spotlight anyway. The California poppy. Mm, I love the California poppy. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's a poppy. It's a poppy. It's also the California state flower. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we um, we may have mentioned this, but we have recently planted out a native plant garden in our front yard. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's got we have our friends Matt and Claire who are garden wizards came up and helped us plant it out last fall and now it's just been bustling so it's kind of it's been springtime and we also when we planted all our stuff Mm -hmm. we also sprinkled uh native poppy seeds around or california poppies around and they have been booming yes it's been nuts so i just wanted to give a little shout out for the california poppy a little bit about the poppy um of course california state flower Native to the Pacific Slope of North America from Western Oregon to Baja, California. Mm. Very interesting. Yes. And, um, you know, we have, I don't know, I don't have too much to say, but they they grow super easily. They don't need yeah. much. If, so if you're out there and you're like, I'm going to 
next next spring or winter or whenever get some poppy seeds throw them out in your garden they grow they pop up like <laughs> like wildflowers <laughs> is, that, is that a saying yeah maybe and um how are you gonna see weeds wildflowers uh, yeah they kind of yeah kind of weed like but they go they come up fast and they bloom and they're super beautiful it's been our space has been like overflowing with bees and stuff like that right they they attract a lot of bees i like them because when um they're first blooming the flower before it comes out um it looks like a pepper like it has a pepper shape a pepper and then the top of it sort of slowly comes off and you can start seeing the flower beneath it and then the flower opens up during the day and um closes a bit in the evening right yeah. yeah it's really cool but the amount of bees that come into that those flowers is incredible yeah if you love bees get some poppies if you love bees get you, some poppies if you want to save the bees plants we also poppies. found out that gophers like poppies oh we yeah. have a little it gopher looks, friend the bottom the root system looks like a vegetable almost like a carrot or something it's called it's a taproot right a tap root, yeah sure and, yeah it does look like a carrot so i think they they munch the carrot gets a yeah so that's yeah one bummer that's the downside. Yeah. But they're beautiful and they're plentiful. They're yeah. starting to kind of fizzle now because the weather's getting warmer. But right. California poppy, beautiful. Even if you're not in California, mm-hmm. I bet you could get seeds. Yes. I think so. So they're that's just you can only get them in California. <laughs> All right, so that's the Nature Unplugged Spotlight. Mm-hmm. California poppy. Love State it. flower. Okay, so that'll do it for this episode of the Nature Unplugged Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And we're now even on YouTube. Uh, we'd love it if you could take a moment to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Like us on YouTube. That helps our channels a ton. Be sure and visit www.natureunplugged.com for more information and resources. We also, that's where you'll find the uh, show notes for the show, for the podcast, you know, links to things like that. Um, basically, when you're at the website, you just click uh, click podcast. That's it. It's pretty easy. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, remember to experience nature unplugged. Bye. Things change like seasons out of our control. If you think you should go, I will let you go.